when you get lost, and all of us can get lost, you don't really know where you're going. And uh, I want to talk about the idea this morning of being lost. Now, a lot of us don't like to admit that we can get lost. Uh, A lot of us think we have a built-in sense of direction that can take us anywhere we want to go. But the fact of the matter is, all of us are susceptible to getting lost or to being lost. And it's really, it's possible, um, or it could happen to any of us, and uh, nobody likes to be lost. There's a sense of helplessness that comes uh, when you're lost. Um, Even men, I can admit this. Even men don't like to be lost. Now, we don't like to ever admit that we are lost, but if we get lost, we don't really enjoy it. We don't like it, uh, even though we don't particularly want to admit it. But when you're lost, what happens when you get lost is you're paralyzed because you're, you just, you, you can't, you hadn't really quite figured out where you are, and so you don't know exactly where you are. You don't know which turn to make or which way to go. And so it's just, a, it's a difficult uh, issue, and so we're going to talk about that this morning because a lot of us, uh, it, you know, uh, have been there before. Maybe some of us are even there now. So let's just talk about the idea of getting lost, and then we'll be specific in just a minute. But the first question that I wanted to ask is: is how do you get lost? Or maybe the better question is: what does it take in order uh, for somebody to get lost? And let me just give you a couple scenarios uh, that make it easy for us to get lost. The first scenario is if you don't have a map. Uh, you can get lost. And so we, literally, we need to have a map. I'm, even though I'm a man, I'll admit this, I've got an atlas in my car. I actually keep one in my wife's car. And I don't, maybe it's because I used to drive a truck, I don't know. But I, I'm not afraid to admit that I can be lost. But if you don't have a map, there's a good chance sooner or later you're going to get in a situation and you're going to be lost. Second scenario, if you have a bad map, if you have a bad map, you can follow it to a T and still wind up lost. And that can happen. And so if you don't have a map, you can get lost. If you have a bad map, uh, you can get lost. If you have a good map and you make a wrong turn or you make a bad decision... You can still get lost. Uh, You can have the best map. You can know exactly where you're going. But if you make a bad decision or a wrong decision, if you make a wrong turn, you can get lost. Probably 20 years ago, my wife and I, we were dating at the time. I was a youth pastor. It was Saturday. We went over to eastern North Carolina. Not sure exactly where we went. We were in Winston-Salem heading home. And if you've ever been to Winston-Salem, North Carolina... If you're heading west, I-40 goes to her house or to where we lived, and I-85 kind of veers off this way, and we were just kind of talking, and, you know, he knew where we were going. I knew exactly how to get home. I mean, I'm on the interstate. Sure, even even me or Aggie can figure that out. So I knew what to do. I needed to go right, but I went left. And so like any normal guy, I just figured if I if if I went this way and I needed to go that way, I'll go to the first exit and turn right. So I drive down to the first exit and I turn right. But it didn't go where I needed to go. So I turned again. And then I turned a couple more times. I don't know how many times I turned. And it's Saturday night. It's dark. It's kind of, it's probably December. And I'm just thinking, man, I think I'm lost. And Elisa says, turn right there. That road goes to the mall. 
And sure enough, we turned and we came out at the mall. She says, well, you just go right here and we're on our way. The first time in my life, probably the only time in my life, I was glad Elisa knew where every mall was in North Carolina. But I knew where I was going, but I made a wrong turn, and then I compounded it by making another wrong turn or two, and I was lost. And what can happen in our life, we can have the best map. We can know right where we're going to go. But if we make a wrong turn or maybe another wrong turn, or another, then we can wind up uh, lost. Or uh, another scenario that you can get lost in is you can just get distracted. You, you know, you can be going along and you know exactly where you're going and you're talking or you're not paying attention or you're doing something else. Does anybody have one of these uh, little apps on your phone? Anybody got one of these? I'm going to see if I can draw, pull mine up. Because this is the coolest thing because you, mine's got one of these little uh, blue dots and you can just watch yourself going down the road. It's pretty cool. Except you're not supposed to be doing that when you're going down the road. Right? I better put that away. Somebody will tell the police on me. But, but what happens is you can have that little dot that tells you where to go, but if you don't pay attention, and you shouldn't while you're driving, by the way, but if, but if you get just, here's what I'm saying. If you get distracted, you can get lost. Now, probably all of us have been lost at some point, somewhere uh, down the line. You know, you've been in the mall looking for your kids or whatever. Well, this morning I want to begin a little mini-series that we're going to call Lost. It's kind of based on a small group study that I, I looked at a couple of years ago by Andy Stanley. Uh, but it's but here's the thing. It, it's not especially hard to get lost because some people get lost in their relationships. Some people get lost professionally. They get to a point in their life and they just say, you know, this is not what I want to do anymore or I'm not good at doing this anymore. And they're just, they're kind of, they're just kind of lost. Other people get lost morally. I mean, they just, they get confused and they don't really, somewhere they cross over a line and they don't really know where they crossed at and they don't, you know, so you can get lost morally, you can get lost relationally, you can get uh, lost professionally, uh, but you can also get lost financially. You can be lost financially. And the statistics tell us that getting lost financially is probably easier than anything else because a lot of people financially are lost. Just want to share a few statistics. Uh, according to the Wall Street Journal a couple of years ago, 70% of people live from paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. That's 7 out of 10. Now, if that's true, then in the church, we have some folks that are living from paycheck to paycheck to paycheck. And a lot of it is because we're consumed by debt. We uh, owe a lot of money. I was doing some research this week, and at the end of December 2011, uh, the American public had $801 billion in revolving debt. Uh, 90 odd, almost all of that is credit card debt. Now, the American consumer, totally, we have a total of $2.5 trillion of personal debt, which means that if 800 million of it is revolving debt, that means that about 32% or basically one third of our debt, consumer debt in our country, is revolving, which is mostly credit card, which means that 
if we don't pay it off at the end of the month, we pay a finance charge. And as I was looking around, the thing that intrigued me and I got to looking for, I think I finally found it Friday night, was what the average, you know, if we have $800 billion in credit card debt in America, uh, what is, what's the interest rate? And I got to looking at that and the average interest rate is 14.48%. Have you looked at what your bank is paying your interest lately? Man, they got us. And so as I did the research, now I know everybody doesn't have credit cards, but the average credit card holder, this, this astounds me. The average credit card holder, uh, according to the statistics I read, over $15,000 per family. So just think with me, if, a, if the average family who has credit card debt, if they owe $15,000 at 14.5% interest, and they're, pay, they're paying somewhere uh, just under $2,300 a year in interest. When I look at my bank statements, I hadn't, they hadn't paid me $2,300 in interest probably in the last 15 years combined. And so we're, here's what I'm saying. As a culture... Many of us are lost financially. The, the families that do have credit cards, the average family has 13 cards. Either credit card and other different, you know, because every time you go to a store, man, they want you to get a card. You go to Dillard's, they want, do you have a Dillard's card? You go to Kohl's, do you have a Kohl's card? You go to Home Depot, hey, you, everybody, everybody wants a piece of the pie. And so, What's happened is we've, in our culture, we've got a lot of people who have, who have gotten themselves into debt. And because of that, many of us are lost financially. We don't even need to go into the, to the foreclosure crisis that we've been under the last couple of years. But, but here's the thing, and I guess this is what I want you to understand. I say all that to say that in our culture, in the world in which we live, many people financially are lost. And the sad part about it is, Financially, it should be simple to know where we are. Now, it may not be easy, but it, it should be simple. If, if you're going through a career or professional uh, crisis or you're trying to adjust to retirement or to a new job, you know, I can understand how that can be confusing. Or if you're in a relationship, maybe in your marriage or, or in some of your other relationships, you kind of get confused. And I know sometimes it's kind of hard to know where you stand in a relationship because, uh, you know, there's a lot of intangibles. There's a lot of unknowns relationally. We don't always say what we mean and we don't always mean what we say in relationships. So it can kind of be mysterious. But when it comes to money, I mean, think about this. We know how much comes in or we should. And we can, we can know how much goes out. And we should. We just count them. I mean, dollars, I mean, professions and retirement and how do we, plans, all that can be mysterious. Listen, women are mystery. And sometimes it's hard to understand. Or men are are, are a mystery. But dollars aren't a mystery. They come in and then they stay until we send them out. And so it should be really easy to know. We just count how many come in and we count how many go out. But for many Americans, and maybe even for some of us, we're lost financially because we don't know how many come in or we don't know 
How many go out? Or when we know how many go out, we just know they're all gone. We may not even know where they go. And so what I want to do for the next couple of weeks is I want to talk about being lost financially and how to be found. Now today, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture today, but I'm just going to tell you right now, this is not an expository sermon. Okay, so don't get mad at me or disappointed and say, well, you know, pastor didn't go word verse by verse today. I'm going to set up today what we're going to talk about for the next two weeks. But I'm going to read a passage because when we get to the end of the message today, it's going to tell us why many of us are in the situation we're in. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. To Matthew chapter 6. We're just going to look at a couple verses. By the way, I don't know if you noticed, well, you probably didn't notice this because you uh, were not um, privy to the verses I was going to read. But it's interesting, Dan, we sing about the high king of heaven, my treasure thou art, or my treasure God is. Jesus had something to say about treasures in Matthew chapter 6. Let's look at verse 19, and we'll just read three verses. It says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's pray together. Father, I pray this morning that you would teach us, God, uh, principles out of your word, so that we might know where we are, and if we are lost. And God, if we are lost financially, I pray this morning that you would show us how we got there. And then, Lord, prepare us to find our way out. God, we know you want your people to be free. God, I I quoted this verse last week. I'll probably quote it again today and maybe next week. But the Bible says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. God, you don't want us to be in financial bondage. You don't want us to be bound by debt or you don't want us to be limited by obligations. You want your children to be free. And so I pray this morning, Lord, that you'd begin to work in our hearts and lives uh, so that we can be free to do what you called us to do and we'll honor you and give you the glory for it all. For it's in Christ's name that I pray. Amen. Let me just qualify this series a little bit. I mean, the primary goal or purpose is not simply to get more money from you and to say you need to give more money. The the goal that I have for this is to challenge each of our families to discover where we are financially and make sure we're free to do financially what God wants us to do. Jesus admonishes us to store up treasures in heaven because where our treasures are, there our heart will be. And so that's my goal is to teach you how to gain financial freedom. Now remember, if seven out of ten people are living from paycheck to paycheck to paycheck, then some of the people in our congregation, some of us, some of us are living that way. And I want our people to be free. Imagine what it would be like to not have to worry about whether or not uh, you're going to make your payment 
Imagine what it would like to, to be free, not to worry about if I lose my job, if I don't get paid for two weeks, what am I going to do? Imagine what it would be like to, to, to be free enough to say, hey, I can go to the mailbox. I'm not getting any bad letters. I can answer the phone. I'm not getting any threatening calls because I'm in control of my finances. And that's what we want. That's what I want for you. And that's what God wants for you. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning. So what we're going to do today is basically, uh, we're going to answer two questions. I'm going to address two questions this morning and they're pretty simple. Uh, the first one is where are you or where am I? And the second one is how did I get here? And so we're just going to kind of talk about that. Uh, the first question is where are you financially? Or you might ask it this way, where am I at? Now, obviously, you're here, and I'm here. But financially speaking, where are you at as a family? Where are you at as an individual? Are you financially free, or are you financially lost? Now, so how do we determine that? How do we know if we're financially lost? And so let me just go through a couple questions. We'll work our way through these. Uh, Some of them don't apply to you. If some of them do, then it might be that you're lost. So let me just run through them. First of all... If, uh, and if you've listened to Dave Ramsey or Crown Financial Ministries or Ron Blue or any of these, you, you've already heard this question. But if you run out of money before you run out of month, you're lost. If you get to the 25th of the month and you're broke, and you still got five days and groceries to get, then financially, you're lost. Number two, if you, if you balance your checkbook, and you see all that money come in, and then when you get to the end of the month, it's all gone. And you turn to your spouse and say, honey, where did it all go? Then you're lost financially. If you don't balance your checkbook, you're probably lost financially. When I got out of college, I just, I had this theory, and it worked for a while. My theory was, don't put in more, or not don't, but put in more, then you take out. If you always put in more and always take out less, you're okay. Now that worked for a while and then I figured out I need to know kind of what's going on here. And, and so, but if you don't balance your checkbook, then you're lost. If you have to juggle bills from month to month, in other words, if one month you pay this bill and then you skip it next month so you can pay another bill, then financially you're lost. And I know many of us look around thinking, nobody does that. Sure they do. Sure they do. Hopefully, we don't do that, but there are people that have to do that in order just to make ends meet. And if that's true, then financially they're lost. If you only pay the minimum on your credit card, you're lost financially. You need to... Now, I'm not going to I'm not going to debate with you whether you should have a credit card or not have a credit card. Uh, I have an opinion. I'm not even going to give it to you, but I'll say this. If you can't pay it off at the end of the month, you need to cut it up. I'll tell you this. In my life, one time I didn't pay my credit card off at the end of the month. And the only reason why is I bought a uh, piece of furniture for a couple thousand dollars and the glass door was broke and I wasn't paying for it until it got fixed. But if you can't pay, listen, if you can't pay your cards off, Financially, you're lost. You're paying somebody 14 or 15 percent, and they're laughing all the way to the bank, and you're just a number. 
So if you if you only pay the minimum, then financially you're lost. If you owe more on your car than it's worth, if you owe more on your house than it's worth, if you owe more on your boat than it is worth, if you owe more on your gun than it's worth, financially you're lost. You're upside down. And, and I mean, I know people, I had friends, you know, they would go trade their car and they just kept trading. They'd get a new car and a bigger bill. I mean, I, I knew somebody that owed 40 odd thousand. Their car was, book value was 20 something thousand. And then they would trade up. And I'm thinking, you got to stop. So if you, you know, if you owe more than something's worth, then you're lost. Um, if you don't know how much you owe, you're lost financially. If you don't care how much you owe, <laughs> you're really lost financially. Because here's the thing, and I, and I don't want to get into too much detail. When we make commitments... God expects us to honor our commitments. The people of God should do what we say we'll do. And so we need to know how much we owe so we can fulfill the commitments uh, that we have. So, um, and this is, this is where I think it might apply to some of us. If you have a financial dream like educating your kids or marrying them off or many of you have saved for retirement and understand this, but if you have this financial dream for the future and you don't have a plan how you're going to get there, then financially you're lost. You know, I think about, you know, i got a couple daughters and, you know, I want them to go to college. And there's a part of me that wants them to get married one day. And I'm thinking, you know, I've, as a pastor, I've done enough weddings. I probably need to be saving a few dollars for the wedding. Now, there's a part of me that don't want them to ever get married. And then there's a part of me that says it might be nice to get them off the book. So there's a, you know, there's a little bit of a, a balance there. But, I mean, if, if, we, if we have a plan or if we have a dream but we don't have a plan then financially we're lost because if we don't know where we are, how are we going to know how to get where we want to go? And then Andy Stanley said, well, this may be the best of all. If you go out and buy something and you pray your spouse never finds out about it, then you're probably lost financially. Now, people have done that probably for some different reasons, (laughs) maybe than just financial so I don't advocate that. Tell your wife or your husband what you're buying. That's just a good rule. Let them know. Um, but, but when we look at that in our culture, you know, there's a lot of people that when it comes to one of those questions, now maybe, maybe you don't have any debt. Maybe, uh, maybe you say no to all these questions. And if that's you, then praise God, we need more people like you. But if any of those questions... Stir your heart. And you say, you know, there's some things I'm dreaming about, but I don't have a plan for. Or you say, well, you know, there is some debt, and I had, I don't know really, you know, I'm just carrying a little bit. It's no big deal. Here's what I want you to do. Here's, I, I've got two homework assignments. Here's the first one. I, here's what I want to encourage each one of our families to do, is to sit down today or tonight with your spouse and just maybe think about these questions and just ask yourself, where am I at? 
Where are you at as a family? And if you don't have a spouse, then just sit down with yourself and say, where are we or where am I at? Now, I'm, I don't, I'm not saying all this. If, listen, if you have debt, I'm not chastising you. If you don't balance your checkbook, I'm not chastising you. That's not, that's not what it is at all. Here's what I want to happen. I want you and God wants you to be financially free. I want for you and God wants for you to be able to use what he's given you for his glory and for your benefit. And in order for, for, uh, in order for all of us to use what God's given us for his glory and our benefit, we need to know where we are. I'm not, I'm not here to tell you how to spend your money. You just, you just need to know how much you have and where it's going. I mean, it's your money. But you ought to know how you're spending it. So the first question, where am I at? Second question, if you sit down together or if you sit down with yourself and you say, okay, this is where I'm at. And you say, well, you know what? Financially in this arena, I am kind of lost because I don't have a plan. Or in this arena, I am lost because I, I, I don't know exactly how much I owe. Or in this arena, I am lost because I don't really know where I spend my money at. It's not that, for some of us, it's not that we have debt. It's not that we don't, we can't make ends meet. We're just not exactly sure where it all goes to. And if we're going to be good stewards and good managers, we ought to know. And so if you sit down and say, okay, you figure out where you're at, then the second question is, how did I get here? How did we get to where we are? And that, look back in Matthew 6, 19, because that's where I think the text begins to apply. Jesus said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. If you are lost financially, the chances are it is directly related to this commandment. We are not financially lost because we don't make enough money. We are not financially lost because we give too much away. We are probably not financially lost because... Someone took all of our money. The chances are, if we're lost financially, it's because we bought into the American dream in the 21st century. And the American dream in the the 21st century is that I can have anything I want and charge it if I can't afford it because life takes visa. I remember that commercial, life takes visa. You know, or you see the MasterCard commercial and it's a little bit of money for this and a little bit of money for that and a little bit of money for this over here and then... The experience is priceless. Well, it's priceless until you pay 15% interest. And then it's not priceless at all. But most of the people who are financially lost and financially upside down are that way because, because they bought in to the American dream that I can have what I want now, whether I can pay for it or not. My generation and younger, and I don't mean to get on to us, but many of, many of my generation and younger, we want to have what our parents have now, not later. And culture says, get a card. And if you can't pay it off, get a card to pay that card. And then get a card to pay that card to pay that card. Why under heaven would you have 13 
Why would the average family have 13 credit cards or, or purchase cards? And so, by the way, if you have to borrow a card to pay off a card, you're lost. It's just it. I mean, I don't, it, well, it's 0%. Well, for a while. And then, then it just piles up. And so, uh, but we, but how do we get here? We bought into the, remember, remember how you get lost? You either have no map, you have the wrong map, or you have a good map and you make a wrong turn, or you just get distracted. And if we're lost financially, it's because either we're not following God's map and he has a map. He has a map. Or we're following the wrong map, or we're following this map, and we just made a wrong turn somewhere. And we just decided somewhere, sometime, that uh, that we really, really needed uh, to do that. I remember, I don't know if this happened to you, 1985, about, uh, seems like it was March. I was due to graduate from Texas A&M in May of 1985. And about March, I got a little notice in the mail from Texaco. And it said, you've been pre-approved for a credit card. And I thought, me? I mean, I can get a credit card? And so I signed that baby up, and I got into credit card business. And I'm thinking, man, I didn't even have a job. And they didn't even care. They just wanted me charging money. Charging gas. And then every month when they sent the bill, there would be a little, uh, there would be a little flyer in there and they'd be advertising all kind of little, neat little stuff. You can just buy this on your credit card. I never bought any of that stuff. But I'm just, you know, it's just like they want us. And some of you had that experience at some point down the line. You, somebody said, hey, you need a credit card and you can do this and this with it. I mean, it, it starts out easy enough. And again, I'm not, I'm not, chastising people because they're in debt, but I saw this statistic last night that 92% of U.S. families spend their disposable income on debt payments. 92% spend their disposable income paying off debt. And, you know, it just it starts out easy enough. Credit cards are convenient. Then one month you can't pay it off. We've kind of been there, done that. We've talked about that. And, and see, what happens is the reason many people get lost is somewhere back down the line we picked up the wrong map or we started down the wrong road or maybe we just started with the right map uh, but we got distracted or, or we made a wrong turn. Or it might have been that you just... Uh, have you ever gotten this fever just to get something? And you just felt like I've got to, I've got, I've got to have a new, and you can fill in the blank. Because if I fill in the blank, you're going to think I'm preaching to you. If I say something about a house or a car or a gun or a dress or a pair of shoes or anything, you'll think I'm preaching to you and I'm not. But we've probably all experienced that when we got the fever. And we just felt like I really need this. And see, and it's not always wrong. Sometimes the choices we made, weren't wrong, they just, maybe they weren't quite right, or maybe they weren't wise. I'll tell you a story about me. 1994, uh, I had just gotten married. Uh, I was a youth pastor living in North Carolina, and as y'all know, I, kind of, I grew up a cowboy, came over to A&M, got a degree at Amazon, and at heart, I'm a cowboy. And I was driving a Jeep, and it was paid for, but I was driving a Jeep, and I, I just needed a pickup. And because I was a youth pastor, it really needed to be an extended cab. 
It didn't have to be four-wheel drive, but, you know, because I had a Jeep, which was paid for. But, but so I started shopping for this truck. And, man, I looked everywhere, and I, it got in. I just, man, we'd drive on Saturday and look at trucks. And I was playing softball with this guy, and he worked at the Chevrolet place in uh, Lenore. And he said, you ought to come over, man. I'll help you get a good deal on the truck. And so he calls me up and says, man, we got a truck you're going to like. And I drove over there, and it was sitting up on a hill, maroon. Had a little, had a little bronze trim on. And I'm just looking at it thinking, man, this is, this, God's got to be in this. This is maroon. It looks like a Texas Aggie truck. So sure enough, we, we dickered, and, and you know, he, they didn't make me a good deal, but I had to have it. And so I put a deposit down. I went home, and I told Elise, I put, you know, I bought me a truck today. And she said, you what? I said, yeah. So I went back, and I picked that thing up, and I got this nice extended cab, four-wheel drive Chevrolet. It got 16 miles to the gallon, and they got my Jeep that got about 20 miles to the gallon. I don't know if I told you, but it was paid for. And so they got my Jeep. And I drove home with that Texas Aggie-looking Chevrolet truck. And I, I remembered, I mean, I can tell you, I pulled up beside my office. And uh, my office was right by a front parking lot. And I pulled up out there, and it was raining. And I could lean back in my chair and just flip the blinds and just watch the water roll off this truck. And I thought, man, I got it. And in a few years, I paid that truck off. But as I look back, I think, now, was it the wrong decision? Probably not. But could I have made a wiser choice? Sure. I I didn't get in debt necessarily because I was bad. I just made a choice. And my choice made me. And all of us, that's what happens to us. We make choices and then our choices make us. That's true financially. That's true relationally. That's true professionally. That's true spiritually. If you don't hear anything else I say, you ought to write this down. I make my choices and my choices make me. The reason 7 out of 10 American families live from paycheck to paycheck to paycheck is because somewhere down the line they made some choices and now they're living out the choices they made. And all of us, in every area of our life, are living out the choices that we made. Now, again, I'm not chastising people for being financially lost. What I am saying is, God wants you to be financially free. God wants us to not lay our treasures up here where raw uh, moths and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. I don't really know if he's talking about credit card companies, but if they pay us a half a percent interest and they charge us 14 and a half, that maybe that's what that is. But Jesus wants us to be free. And so if you're lost financially, My hope is you'll make a decision to find out where you're at and how you got here. Now, when you came in, you should have got a little paper uh, that says lost on the top. If, If you don't know where your money goes, and some of you do, and you're good at this, and I'm not talking to you, but if you don't know where your money goes, I want to encourage you to take 
a couple of weeks. Probably be best to take a month. And just every day, write down where your money goes to. I mean, this is not a hard thing to do. You, you, McDonald's, $18 to feed your kids or grandkids or whatever. But, but just write down where you spend your money. Again, I, I'm not telling you how to spend your money. You just need to know where you spend your money. If you know where you spend your money, then you, then you get to decide. But what happens, and this has happened to me, and it's probably happened to you. I've sat down and balanced the checkbook and thought, my stars, where did it all go? Well, it all went somewhere. You start looking, man, I spent a lot eating out, or man, I, I spent some money on this. And, and, and I, it's just wise. It's wise to know where you are, and it's wise to know how you got there. Because God wants you to be free to store up treasures in heaven. Now, a lot of you are thinking, this is where the time where he talks about, I got to give up my stuff so I can give money to God and give money to the church. Okay? Let me just say this. That's not what this is about. I'm not saying to you, you need to give up all your stuff. Can I just say this? If God wants your stuff, he can get it. He's bigger than we are. He's better than we are, and he's stronger than we are. If he wants our stuff, he can take it. In fact, Psalm, listen to Psalm 24.1. It says, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Listen, it's all God's anyway. I'm not saying this because God wants your stuff. God doesn't want your stuff. God doesn't want my stuff. You know what he wants? He wants us. That's what he wants. Because when he gets us, he gets everything. And so this is really about who has your heart. You know, it's been said, and I don't know if it's true, but it's been said that Jesus talked more about money than any other subject if you connect all the dots. I don't know if that's true. But if it's true, I know why. God wants your heart and my heart. You know what the greatest competitor with God for our heart is? It's money. And all the things money brings is the biggest competitor for our heart. And so as we close out this morning, here's what I want to ask you. Who has your heart? Who has your heart? Who has your heart? Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's pray together. Father, you've blessed us. Most of us, by the world standards, are rich. Wealthy by the world standards. And, Father, we want to be good stewards. God, I was reading some stuff last night, and there's in Scripture, you tell us there, there's nothing wrong with having things. The problem is when things have us. There's nothing wrong with having money. The problem is when money has us. There's nothing wrong with using money, but when, when money binds us. And we're lost financially, gripped by 
debt or gripped by materialism or, or greed or whatever it is, then God, we're not free. And if our heart's not free, then God, you, it's not available to you. And Father, what I know is that you don't need my stuff. You don't want all my stuff. You want me. And God, what I, what I know about our people here at First Baptist Church is it's, you want our hearts. Because wherever our heart is, that's where our treasure will be. And so, Father, I pray. I know in the auditorium this size, there's probably some people here that they've never given you their heart. They've never given you their heart. And my prayer is that today they would surrender their heart to Jesus. Surrender their life to Jesus. God, there's probably others here today who, if they were to open their books up publicly, it would be known that financially they're lost. And God, I pray that you'd set them free. And God, I pray for each family that we'd have a conversation today, whether we need it or not. That we'd have a conversation and we'd ask, where, as a family, where are we at? As an individual, where am I at? And then maybe even ask the second question, well, how'd I get here? If if we're financially free and, and faithful and doing things for God's glory, praise God. Evaluate how we got here. Let's stay on track. We, we're using the right map. But God, for those who, who may discover that they're lost, I pray that you'd show them as they look at how they spend their money, that you'd show them how to get free. Father, we know that your greatest desire is for us to be free spiritually and then in every arena of our life. God, the only way we can be free spiritually is to be surrendered and sold out to the Lord Jesus. And so I pray this morning, as we, as we have this time of reflection, God, I pray that we would evaluate and see if we're free. Father, we love you. We thank you for your love for us. And uh, we just give you praise and glory for who you are and for all you do. And Father, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, choir's going to do a hymn of invitation, and here's what we're going to do. Maybe, maybe you've discovered that.